This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. The Big Interview with Offscript. Sonzi Rapani, you've been in conversation with a fellow by the name of Reed Timmer. He is an extreme meteorologist. He is a storm chaser who's also starred in the Discovery Channel series Storm Chasers. And we found him, and he was on our radar, all because of a video that made some headlines of him really in the middle of Hurricane Ian. And, you know, you see these weather reporters sometimes, but this was sort of different. He was sort of really in the storm. It was a Category 4 hurricane, of course, the deadliest hurricane to strike the state of Florida since 1935. There were 147 fatalities recorded with this weather event. And you got to think, people are actively trying to escape these hurricanes, these extreme events, for fear of their lives. And he's running towards them with a camera. He told me how it felt to be in the midst of this particular hurricane. Well, it was definitely one of the more powerful hurricanes that I've ever chased. And I've chased hurricanes like Hurricane Katrina back in 2005, Hurricane Rita, uh, Hurricane Ida, more recently Category 5 Hurricane Michael as well in the Florida Panhandle. But Hurricane Ian was definitely one of the more intense hurricanes I've ever been in, even compared to Hurricane Michael. And we were definitely on the strong side of that hurricane, which is the right eyewall as it makes landfall and uh, got inside the middle of the eye. But out there on Pine Island, we felt uh, all the significant impacts that a hurricane uh, can pack from the very strong damaging winds to the destructive storm surge, basically that tsunami-like wall of water that comes in wave upon wave, just flooding areas basically within 10 feet of sea level. So witnessing that firsthand was definitely an overwhelming experience. And then seeing the damage left behind by the hurricane and witnessing that dark side that these storms leave behind and helping out in the recovery effort uh, as well definitely was heartbreaking to see. And, and, and seeing all the lives disrupted and, and also hearing about all the lives lost. One of my biggest questions instantly after that is how do you do it? People aren't able to stay alive through this. How do you actually actively seek it out? Of course, he's an expert. And he told me um, about how he managed to get into the eye of the storm. Sheepers. So in order to do that, though, you have to get in and out of the surrounding eye wall, which is just towering thunderstorms. It's the most severe weather of the hurricane is in that eye wall, which surrounds mm. the eye. And he said, actually, hurricanes move relatively slow. Is the eye calm? Yes. Yeah. Right, so there's no wind. Well, I wouldn't say se. no wind, but it is. It's total calm. You're in the, in the midst of perhaps the worst storm you've ever seen. And then you have you get into the eye, you get past that eye wall. And he said, it's completely calm. And he said, you know, you have a few moments to appreciate it before you're bracing for the back eye wall. Ah, uh, yeah, back coming through. That's got to yeah. be spooky, though, oh, to be right. standing in that yes. eye when there's devastation around you. Yeah. yeah. But can you move with the eye? I did not ask him specifically that, but I wonder. There's only got to be so much ability. Eventually, you got to get out of it, right? Yeah. That'd be interesting for him to try to do is stay in the eye as long as possible. Yeah. Yeah, like challenge, <laughs> eye challenge or something. Yeah. Well, we'll, put, we'll pitch that idea to him for his next show. Um, in terms of staying safe, he did say hurricanes actually move relatively slow compared to other extreme weather events. He said it, it's about the speed that humans can run. Some are a bit okay. faster, he said. So you could stay in the eye. So they're a little bit like surprisingly slower than you might think. Uh, but of course, the eye wall has these powerful lashing storms that you have to manage to get through. He seeks out some structures ahead of time that he knows are going to be safe. So he's figuring out where the debris is going to fall. You know, he's looking at the whole picture and doing some calculations Listen, about what could possibly I'm go wrong. I'm sure the bloke's an expert, but I can't help but think Mother Nature will eventually bite back with that fella. You can, you can make as many calculations as you want, wondering where the debris will fall. 
But eventually, I mean... Yeah, and accidents do happen with storm chasers. Mm. They do. Uh, people do die in this pursuit. And we will actually come to that because one of his close colleagues did, oh. in fact, pass away. So we'll find out from Reed about how he felt about that, how he reacted to that. He doesn't ch- just chase hurricanes, though. He told me the most naturally awe-inspiring phenomenon is the tornado. He described them as the most beautiful thing you've ever seen in person. But the damage that they leave behind, of course, is absolutely terrible. He actually waxed lyrical about the the balance of a tornado, the perfect balance of inflow and outflow, he told me. Um, I must say that it's something, and it may be the movie. Uh, Of course, we all watched it, Twister with Helen Hunt. Uh, There was always something about a tornado that that allures me. There's something mesmerizing, right? There is. Like, again, I'd be scared by them if I'm close to them, but I would still love to be close enough to see one up close, you know? There's something about that that entices. Beauty wouldn't be the word I'd choose, but... but I mean, but, the, the, the Northern Lights are beautiful. Mm. A tornado oh, is there'd be something, there's something ah. destructive and, dis- and kind of dark about it, but, yeah. I, I guess if you're a meteorologist yeah, fair. and you're looking at, at that as a, a phenomenon that happens in nature, I could see how he sees it mm. as beautiful. So I asked him, how close does he actually get with these tornadoes? Well, I've actually been inside of tornadoes. We we have custom uh, armored vehicles called the Dominators, and we had Dominator 1, 2, and 3 uh, storm chasing. And the goal of those vehicles is that they're very heavy. They're aerodynamic. They have steel reinforced armor on the outside, even with a polyethylene Kevlar composite. They have a spike system in hydraulic so that we can lower the shell flush to the ground. And I've actually been inside of, of many tornadoes with the Dominator storm chasing vehicles. And um, But when I'm chasing in a regular sedan, uh, just a regular vehicle, uh, I try to get within about a hundred meters or so from the tornado, maybe even a little bit closer to that, depending on just how powerful the tornado is. Jeepers. A hundred meters. I mean, just think about that. Think about you running a hundred meters and what that distance actually is. It's not that far. It's not that far at all. It's a sandwich. (laughs) It is a sandwich in golfing parlance. You're absolutely right. (laughs) Yeah, it's not very far Mm, at all. He's getting up to a hundred meters. Yeah. to a tornado in a regular car, not in his Dominator, which is actually quite a cool thing to check out. <laughs> the Raj Dominator. And I, yeah, Raj and I were actually talking about this. It's kind of like a cross between what you would imagine an intense American military vehicle to look like, and, like a and, and the Batmobile. Oh, right. I was thinking the DeLorean. Oh, wow. It's something like that, too. But it's oh. it's like an SUV. It's armored. It's tough. The You know, the doors go up. Oh, yes. Instead of out. It is an impressive-looking vehicle that they've mm-hmm. put together. Um, in terms of the danger and the risk, he said they were so focused about sorting out their plans and the goal of getting inside the tornado. He said he never really thought what would happen if the tornado intensified oh, and we no. die inside it. He's never thought that. He never has had that thought, he told me. And when you talk about tornadoes, they're categorized from F0 to F5, F5 being the most intense. And that's some context for you as he continues to talk. Uh, and he told me once in 2009, they did get inside a tornado, which is crazy, even as I say it out loud and it did intensify they weren't using their normal they have these special reinforced windows out of a special material they just had regular windows i guess in this particular vehicle the windows blew out while they're in the middle of a tornado so they have cuts on their face they're bleeding and he says he remembers looking back to their radar engineer in the back seat he's got blood coming out of his ears because it's actually the pressure changes so much and this particular engineer had really bad allergies he was all blocked up in his sinuses so his ears couldn't like pop oh, so no. he actually ruptured his eardrums oh, no. because God. of the pressure 
Technology person. So it's some of the things that you wouldn't necessarily think about. There was a more dangerous incident than that that he has come across. In 2017, I was chasing an EF4 tornado in Canton, Texas, and I was in a regular vehicle right in the path of it. I had just gone through a divorce, so I was a little bit aggressive with my storm chasing, trying to get really up-close video. And just as the tornado was approaching, I decided to try to flip the vehicle around, but wanted to record a few more seconds of video. And just as I was about to escape the path of that very dangerous, deadly tornado, uh, I decided to hit the gas and drive right through the ditch uh, because it was quicker. I didn't really have time to do a three-point turn. And when I was in the ditch, I lost power to the vehicle. The traction control kicked on, and I sunk down in the ditch. And next thing I know, I'm looking up at the edge of the approaching tornado. I saw these power poles that were flying through the air, explosions even, as those power poles and power lines were going down. And I thought to myself, I'm going to try one time to get out of this ditch. And if I can't, then I'm going to try to run on foot and try to find some type of a drainage pipe or some type of a structure to ride out the deadly conditions of that EF4 tornado. I tried one time, and the car popped right out on the road. It was facing off to the southeast, and I I was still not out of the woods at this time. I was driving through the northern portion of the tornado, and then I looked back behind me, and I see right where I was sitting, all these explosions. The core flow of the tornado passed over it, and that's definitely the closest that I've come uh, to have, having a big problem. The moral of that story is don't get divorced and then chase <laughs> a F4 tornado, folks. If you're going to chase the storm, make sure you're emotionally yeah. yes, stable yeah. at the time. Make Either sure be happily wife, married yeah. or happily single. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's not going through a divorce. <laughs> make sure the wife is happy or husband. <laughs> we were talking about how he's part of Storm Chasers. It's a documentary reality TV series that premiered in 2007 on the Discovery Channel ran for five seasons, and it actually featured a number of different teams, including Reed's, which was called Team Dominator, of course, after their car. Here's a little snippet of the show to give you an idea. Now, what had happened here is they had a very large tornado coming right at them, and Reed was busy taping a probe, a scientific probe, to a wooden fence. Of course he was. We're definitely in the inflow of this tornado. The insulies are way too strong! We got a broken door! Reed, we gotta go! I need more duct tape! I don't have it! I don't have it! Dude, we gotta go! Get in, get in! Drive! Drive! Now, the audio quality there sounds like our interview yesterday with Jason Derulo, for goodness sake. There's a lot of of similarities there. They had a little bit more reason for that kind of disruption, to be fair. There was no F4 in our studio, although it sounded like it. Uh, So thanks to our technical team for that. I've just Googled Dominator, by the way. Yeah. I mean... Amazing, right? Like, like a kind of cross between a, a kind of an, an SUV and a tent. A tent, <laughs> a little bit. Like, I went, I went with a military vehicle and Batmobile, and you've gone with a tent. Well, like you know, like a hide that you would, you know, you would hide out in, like a, one of those sort of bird bird watching hides. I can imagine. Oh yeah, okay. So you mean that. it's you know, quite a remarkable structure. Oh, my Lord. They're like giant dodgems. Yes, that's exactly. What's a dodgem? A dodgem. If you go to the fairground, you know, you've got them in Nikio Mall. This is a free plug to, what is it, a magic planet down in Nikio Mall. You know a dodgem? You jump in with your kid or your partner and you zip around bashing into people. I used to love dodgems. Bumper cars. Bumper cars. Bumper cars. I used to love dodgems. And then when you look at them now, you think... 
it's just not that entertaining. You, <laughs> oh, you, just, you, you just get whiplash. Problem is, I took my wee one on one, no word of a lie this, and you know, you're meant to, as a loving parent, pop them in and let them drive and you steer. Yeah. I popped her in the passenger. She was crying yeah. halfway through. She's like, Dad, <laughs> no chance. Banging it. Oh, brilliant. This is one opportunity to drive. <laughs> <laughs> give me, give me, I don't have a license, but give me that dodge. It really is. Oh, it's so true. It's the only time it's I get by the wheel. Anyways, we talked a little bit about his time on the show. Reed said he was on the show for four years. At the time, he was at graduate school at the University of Oklahoma studying meteorology. And so he said it gave him a lot of good opportunities to expand his field science, build the dominator vehicle that we've just been talking about. Also learn about the entertainment side of it all. So I asked him what his most memorable experience with the show was. But I would say that one of the more memorable experiences weather-wise chasing during that show was probably the super outbreak of April 27, 2011, which was a a three-day tornado outbreak across the Mid-South into the Southeastern U.S. And on the super outbreak of April 27, over 300 tornadoes, an unprecedented tornado outbreak, uh, dozens of strong tornadoes of EF3 to EF5 intensity, probably an outbreak that we'll never see again in this lifetime, but we had all the dominators out in the field and uh, definitely a very memorable experience on that one. But certainly the damage as well, the dark side that that outbreak left behind uh, was something that everybody in their lifetime should probably witness as well because it encourages people to help out in the recovery effort. It helps people to respect uh, the power of, of Mother Nature and to heed those severe weather warnings. Now, as you can hear there, Reed is a scientist. He is a pro in this. He knows what he's doing. But every now and then, of course, there is an accident in the community. Something goes not according to plan. And Tim Samaras, who is also part of the same show, died in a tornado chase back in 2013 in El Reno. So I asked Reed how he felt about that when he heard the news. Well, when I first heard about that, I was absolutely shocked. And I was very close with Tim Samaras. We were on the same show with Storm Chasers. We were close before that. He was somebody who inspired me. Uh, to get into the field sciences as as well, and not just storm chase, but go out there and record data to try to contribute to our understanding of tornadoes, tornado structure, and tornado environments. And when I first heard that about his passing, uh, shock and sadness, disbelief, I didn't believe the reports at first. Tim Samaras was one of the most well-known, experienced storm chasers out there, one of the safest out there as well. So it just didn't make sense when I first heard about it. But I was also chasing that tornado. We were inside of that tornado with all three of our Dominator storm chasing vehicles. We actually got caught on a power line in the western edge of that tornado. So I was able to see firsthand just how large that tornado was. It was the largest I've ever seen. And it it was indeed the largest in recorded history at over two and a half miles wide with quarter mile wide tornadoes inside, half mile wide sub vortices all spinning around inside this massive two and a half mile wide circulation. And so At the same time, I also understood it, that this was a tornado that we had never seen before. It was exhibiting behavior that we had never seen, the rapid expansion. Uh, A lot of times those mature tornadoes will make a left-hand turn like that. I've seen it time, time and time again, but that's also the time when those are most dangerous. And that tornado happened to be undergoing that rapid expansion just as it was making that left-hand turn. And that's just what happens sometimes in nature. But Tim was a, a pioneering force uh, in our science and and storm chasing and meteorology. And it's uh, someone that will forever be missed. And he's also somebody that inspired 
generation after generation of, of meteorologists and scientists trying to understand the, the mystery of tornadoes. A sad piece of news, certainly, but it seems that Tim probably wouldn't have had it any other way. He was so committed to the science of what he was doing as well and raising awareness about it. Um, in terms of tornadoes, I did ask Reed a little bit about, you know, once you've done your thousandth tornado, what keeps you going? He said he's just as excited about every new tornado as he was about the first. Big thanks to Reed Tim. The Offscript Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please do go ahead and click subscribe. You can also check out our other podcasts, Time Capsule or The Big Interview. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. 